Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast hosted by Lisa Battaglia. By listening to this podcast, you are joining the Elevation Nation, a community of heart-centered, curious, and fearless minds who embrace their duality. As we approach fascinating stories, relationships, books, tech law and policy, and world happenings, the Elevated Podcast encourages you to learn, self-reflect, and honor all that you are. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevated Podcast and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. I'm so glad that you're here. I have started to record this podcast like too many times. Something is just not clicking today. I don't know if the moon, I don't know. I had so many things written down for this podcast today. What I typically have been doing lately is just writing a bunch of notes into my phone to think about and talk about. And then I wait until there's enough to talk about on the podcast. And I wanted to say thank you to everybody who responded to my episode two weeks ago. Y'all really loved it. It was one of y'all's favorites. It's one of my favorites. I think something has just kind of cleared for me where I feel like I can talk a little bit more authentically and a little bit more about what is been on my mind as opposed to fitting it into the brand. So that's been really good. This felt really good. It's felt really much more authentic than I have ever really felt doing this podcast. So I'm glad that y'all responded to it really well. So there were some things I wanted to talk about. We're going to see how far we get with my notes in my phone. (laughs) For those of y'all who know me in real life, you know that I love to write notes in my phone and they are just random things. So like, for example, when I'm not sober, I love to like write a little note in my phone that's just like silly little thoughts. So like I have archives of those. I should share them one day. They're like, they're buried deep. I I have like random, I need to just like share the titles of these notes in my phone. People who have just a weird icky energy slash aura and I cannot explain it. (laughs) And then there's like a note in my phone that's like thoughts that would get me canceled, but like not actually. And the first one is, is Hamilton even that good? (laughs) So I write a bunch of notes in my phone. That's what I do for the podcast. It just (laughs) helps me get it out because I, it's a prison in this brain and I need to get it out of my head sometimes. So especially because I don't journal as much or meditate as much. So that is my new form of meditation. Okay, let's just get into it. So the first thing I want to talk to you about today is the fact that my sister got a new puppy. It's a sheep doodle Her name's Lucy. If you saw my Instagram, she's a really cute and really sweet And it was just the most magical day. I didn't go with my family to go pick her up, but I saw her later that day. And it was just so sweet to watch a new being come into like a new family and just kind of watch her and her interact with my niece and my niece to kind my niece is five. She's like processing what this new dog means to her. And it's so fascinating to watch from a five-year-old. It was just the sweetest thing because she kept asking me like, is this a real dog now? And I was like, yeah, it's a real dog. And she goes, are we a family now? And it was just so sweet. And she, I said, are you, do you like her? She's like, yeah, I love her. 
And it's like, maybe I actually do want children because, (laughs) because it was just so sweet to watch and so sweet to watch like these two innocent beings interact. And I wanted to share this because I have found this meditation or it's like a hypnosis that I found on TikTok and I should, I'll post it on my Instagram after this episode comes out. It is my new favorite because it's pretty quick and it's a quick hypnosis to just help you have a better day the next day and you listen to it before you go to bed. And the first time I did it, the next day was amazing. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it's basically part of it is you remember something, you remember a really happy time in your past. Like you just remember a happy moment, a happy day, something that really brought you a lot of joy. And I've done this meditation a couple times. And what I find is so interesting is that every time that moment comes up where I bring something from my past into my awareness to really like lean into what that feeling of joy felt like, they are the most interesting scenarios. It is the day I met my niece, the day I met Jasper, now the day I met Lucy, and me being a child at my grandmother's home And just remembering what it felt like to be in my grandma's home and to see my grandma playing by the pool with my friend when I was like seven. And these just like really sweet, innocent moments. And what I recognize from all of those is that none of them are me going out with my friends when I was in my 20s or like getting drunk at Coachella. Like they're none of those. Not one of those memories has come up. And it's just been such an interesting experiment on what the most joyful moments of my life have been. And then like, how do I create more of those? It's not about like things that I've bought, right? Like it's not, it's never been about like a thing that I, like a purse I've bought. It's never been about um, getting my hair done. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, like those are going to be the most joyful moments of my life, but it's just interesting to see them all kind of come together and to feel the pure joy in my body when I do that experiment. I'm going to post this meditation online uh, on my Instagram. I would love to hear from you if you have a similar experience or like what joyful moments come up for you. If it is getting your hair done, go off, girl. (laughs) But... I have just been so fascinated by the theme that runs through all of those. So very curious to know if you try it, I'll post it. What happens for you in that meditation? I really want to remember the name of this girl. I'll post it. Her name's like Mind Magic Steph, I think, on TikTok. And this video went like viral. And it was really great hypnosis. I really enjoy it. And I go to it whenever I need that little boost. Speaking of boosts, let's move on to the next topic. I want to talk about pole dancing for a second. I have been posting a lot more of me doing pole, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the journey that has gotten me to this place. 
and some insights from it. So I, as you know, maybe, maybe you don't, I had a crazy like back and hip injury in 2019, I believe. It was right after I decided not to go to law school. I was under an immense amount of stress about deciding whether or not to go. And when I decided not to go the next day, I woke up and I was literally in half. Like my my bottom half was like on a different plane than my top half. I probably have a picture of it somewhere. I'll try to post it. But like I was tilted essentially. And it was years that I couldn't really fully get better, my back and my hips. And I was in so much pain constantly. And I could never figure out like a why And it wasn't until I really took the initiative to actually go to physical therapy that I've really started to do immensely better. I think I did physical therapy for about a year or so, and I got so much better, so much stronger to the point where I was able to actually try a pole class for the first time, which is something I never thought I would ever be able to do. And it's something I've always wanted to do. I would have these like... I would always imagine myself spinning on a pole before I go to bed. Like it was like a dream of mine to try pole dancing for the first time. And I started in December. The first class I ever took, it was, I took like a, I took a beginner class, but it wasn't really that beginner. (laughs) Some teachers have like a different variation of what beginner is. And I took one of the harder classes But I pushed my way through and I was like very proud of myself for doing it. And I just kept going ever since pretty much once a week, depending on the week if I don't go when I have a period. So I was going pretty consistently. I've been able to go to two classes a week now, which is crazy. I never thought I could ever do that with my back and my hips. And it's just something that I still manage. I still experience some discomfort, but it's not nearly like I'm amazed that I'm able to do this now. And I've gotten so much stronger and I've learned so much about myself. And some things I want to mention here. First of all, if you think that you can't do something like this, you certainly can. If I can, anyone can. And it's just about the commitment and trusting the process along the way. I posted on my Instagram that I am very hard on myself when I can't do something that I can do so many other things and do them so much better than I could a year ago, less than a year ago. I couldn't even like lift myself up on the pole and now I can. I can climb all the way to the top and I can stay up there for a little bit. I have learned to not be hard on myself when I can't do one thing because it's how you practice. It's how you get there. It's the journey that matters. And I've just been so fascinated by how strong I can get by committing to it and how much I can really incorporate something into my body. Like my body has learned what it feels like to be on the pole so much so that it feels natural. I've loved watching myself like push myself to the point of like taking an intermediate class and thinking I could not do it. And actually I did great. And even if I'm stumbling around, it doesn't matter. There is nobody that's looking at me in this class 
And even so, even if you are performing a solo in class, which is something that I did, like everybody is so encouraging. Nobody gives a fuck if you mess up. They are just so like happy for you that you've tried something and that you are doing it so bravely. And even if you fuck up, who cares? Like you're there doing it, which leads me to the community of women that I have met through this. And I just think that these women are so cool. They're there pushing themselves and becoming better and becoming stronger and like encouraging each other. There's such a bond when you go through Uh, like when you go through a dance class together, there's something like halfway through class, there's like a community in the room because we've released the endorphins and we are like all getting better. And there's such an encouragement around the room and from the teachers. I love the teachers there. So like, I just say this all because if you are ever nervous about starting something new, that there's so much reward on the other side of it. And if it's something that you've always dreamed of doing, like you have to start somewhere and this is, there's no better time than now. And you might meet a lot of fun people, a lot of cool people along the way. And I have really taught myself to not stay too comfortable for too long, trying other classes and really retraining my body and mind to learn choreography and learn how to build some strength. So it's just been so fun. And I really have loved what I love even more is like, I've gained so much confidence through this where to the point where I'm like posting it on my page of me growing. And I think I love to watch the journey. And I think other people love to watch a journey of somebody getting better at something. And I just like look back on the first video I ever took and I'm like, wow, I have done so much since then. If you're doing something like this, I highly recommend like taking videos or documenting it in some way or journaling about it because you will see the progression of how far you've come and it's so fun to watch. So that's that. I am happy to talk more about pole dancing. Also, we're going to talk about this a little bit later too, but just like the assumptions people make about pole dancing, so disconnected from what it actually is. But obviously there are sexy undertones to it. But like I wanted to do pole dancing because regular dancing without a pole sounds a little bit scarier because there's not like a built-in walking stick so that I don't fall without anything there, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm going to fall. I'm a little tall, especially with heels on. (laughs) So that's why I chose pole dancing. And also it's something I always wanted to do. I think it's so beautiful and graceful and just like so cool. And I love watching it. So I wanted to become that. So I'm going to talk a little bit later about like assumptions that people make about pole dancing that's grouped together with a different topic that we have to cover. Before we get into all of the rest of the topics that I wanted to cover today, I wanted to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Skillshare. As you know, I have a new interest or hobby every few months. So Skillshare has been my one-stop shop for learning all the new skills I want to know more about. I'm currently using Skillshare actually to become more fluent in like music making to start my booming DJ career. I'm not even kidding. Well, I 
kind of am, but like I'm kind of not. So I can like play Coachella one day. <laughs> That's the goal. That is the goal that would be a dream. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and so much more. It's really a place to get inspired, learn new skills, and apply those skills in impactful ways. I really love using Skillshare for any new hobby or interest I have that month. When you use my link in the description below, you can get one free month of Skillshare. Thank you again to Skillshare for sponsoring today's podcast. Okay, I want to talk about something interesting. I don't know if any of you have seen this, but I wanted to circle back on what we talked about two weeks ago, which was the whole Snow White fiasco from Disney and the main actress, actress Rachel Zegler saying that, you know, it's ni- not 1937 anymore. Women want to become like the CEO and the biggest boss and dominate the world. And that's all they want. No romance. And it's like, okay, can we have some balance here? Where is this going? And after we talked about that on this podcast, I was watching Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) I have been watching Dancing with the Stars, obviously, because Ariana Maddox is on from Vanderpump Rules. And I, it's become part of my Tuesday routine. I used to watch it back in the day when it like first came out, Sean Johnson era, right? But it kind of didn't like keep, maintain my interest in like season 20. I don't know. But like it's been on for a while. But only because Ariana's on, I'm going to watch it. And I'm loving watching it. Like it's it's bringing back all the old memories of watching Dancing with the Stars with my mom. And like voting via text. Like I'm doing the full thing. Anyways, they had a night where it was like Disney 100. Like 100 years of Disney, right? And they were like doing all these Disney songs and Disney dances. And they did this whole feature at the beginning on the values that Disney, Walt Disney created through this company. And it really like brought a lot of like all of the dances, the feature that they did at the beginning, it like really made me emotional because of the just values of love and honesty and loyalty and being a good person and all these things, right? I saw all of those things that Disney really started with. And I was thinking about what they're doing with Snow White. Not that it's like terrible and bad that they are really changing up the game so much, but it didn't, it seemed far removed from those initial values that they had. It kind of made me a little sad that it's taken such a different direction, especially just, I think like with Snow White, especially just having such a strange person being the face of it or not being like the quintessential inspiration that we kind of look for in these princesses. And so I was really even more intrigued to see that they that there is another Snow White, a different Snow White coming out through Bent Key. I don't know if you've seen this. Bent Key is going to be through the Daily Wire, which is a traditionally, I think, conservative outlet. They have like Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens. They have Brett Cooper, who is playing Snow White. So Bent Key is going to be like their 
children's channel. They're like making cartoons and content for children. And they are actually making their own Snow White with Brett Cooper, who has like been an actress for quite some time and only a YouTuber for the past year or so. But she was an actress before that, and she's going to be Snow White. And whether you agree with the Disney Snow White or the Bent Key Snow White, there's not necessarily a right side to this. But I think that there's such a beneficial aspect to having both, to having both options, to being able to see different perspectives on a story that, Again, like if the original was so problematic in the first place, why are you recreating it and changing it so much where it's not even like uh, reminiscent of the first original story? So you may be also wondering, how can they do this? How can it doesn't like Disney have the IP, which I'm so glad you asked because it was the first thing that I thought. And apparently Snow White is public domain, actually, because no Disney's does not actually own the original Snow White. So that's why Bent Key is able to make their own version of Snow White, which I think is a really, we could get into a whole different conversation about whether things should be public domain and how it allows so much freedom for other people to create their own version of it and to create their own perspective. So I am going to be so interested to maybe watch both or neither. I can't decide. (laughs) I just, I don't want to pay for either one, but I want to know more about both of them and how they just do different takes on it. It really got me thinking about how far should we progress forward to the point of changing or altering our traditional values versus when should we keep our traditional values and hold them tight? Because that's where the big debate comes in. Was this story so problematic that we need to change it so much where it's not even recognizable? Or were there very honorable traditional values in the original that we could hold on to? And maybe we make some changes that make it a little bit more modern. But are those values really that poor of like, should we not want romance or love? I think there's a lot of strength in vulnerability and in finding romance and being able to open up your heart to somebody like that. And then they're kind of doing away with it and saying that that that's not what we should strive for. We should strive to be the CEO and the dominant person in the world and the world's leader. But that's maybe not realistic or a realistic want for all of us. And maybe we want those traditional values still. So the main question with all this for me and something I've been thinking about in many areas of my life is when do we progress forward and change traditional values? When is that beneficial? And when is holding traditional values close and tight and the way things are also beneficial for us? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. And I just thought it was such a good thing that they did a different version. They were going to take the matters into their own hands and create an alternative version for the people who were maybe discouraged by that first one and saw a business opportunity there. I really think that there's a lesson to be learned there that if you see an issue with something, 
maybe it is your duty to create an alternative option for somebody, which is what brings me to our last point. I have a qualm with something. I have an issue that I want to talk about. I think, and we need to brainstorm this together as a group of elevated, curious, empathic souls. What is my intro? You get it. We need to brainstorm here. How can we make corporate America less toxic? A profound question that I think we need to find an answer to. I don't know if we have an answer to it yet. How do we make corporate America less toxic? And this is rooted in so many different ideas and thoughts that I've been having. But I am seeing such a... Oh, God. (laughs) Where do I start with this? I am so discouraged by what I see on LinkedIn, what I see people post about in their experiences interviewing, what my personal experience has been in interviewing. I have been so discouraged by the way that people operate in corporate America. And when I say corporate America, I mean like, I don't know, corporate America, businesses that are interviewing people or who are conducting business in certain ways. I don't think I have met one single company that has lived by the values and the mission statement that they outline on their website. So I want to talk about the basis, the background of why I'm talking about this. I had an interview yesterday. It was the most unbelievable thing that you have ever heard in your life. I am interviewing for this role yesterday that it's a company I've never heard of. It is... They're paying diddly squat. I don't know. It was like a legal assistant role, but the job description did not really outline that. It made it sound way cooler than it actually was. But I get on this call and the recruiter is very strange and not in a excusable way. I said something along the lines of, because he asked, like, do you have contract experience? I said, yes, I have some contract experience, but I don't have contract management experience, which it looks like it's something that you guys are really looking for. And before I could even get out the words of like, but I am very quick to learn new things and new technologies, like before I could get any of that out, he stops me and goes, well, 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 don't, cut your, like, cut yourself some slack, you know, don't sell yourself short. I actually want to take a couple minutes here to tell you something, to tell you a little story, and hopefully you can connect the dots here. So you know, you go to the grocery store, right? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and you've been in the soda aisle, right? Yeah. And you've seen Coca-Cola, yeah, (laughs) what's going on here? He's like, so Coca-Cola sells itself as like the best soda in the world, but no one really turns the can over to see that there are actually a lot of bad things in it for you. I'm like, okay. So he's like, and we only have a short time together. So like you need to really sell yourself here. And, you know, 
if I hear something that that says like, well, I don't know how to do this, I'm going to immediately think she's not confident and pass on you. And he goes into, he talks for 20 minutes to himself. I don't think I was even there anymore. He was talking for 20 minutes to himself about how interviews work and how I should really sell myself to the point of lying so that I could get the job. And at first I hold my cool because what the, I I wanted to lose my mind, but I held my cool. Okay. I was like, okay, thank you for your feedback. And he was like, and then he, I think he recognized that that was really inappropriate. I hope, but he was like, oh, that, well, that was embarrassing. I, I hope what I'm saying is coming off in the right way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then he was like, do you have any other questions for me? And so, and then he, well, after that, he repeated himself. He was like, do you have any contract experience? I said, we just went over that. <laughs> And then he goes, do you have any other questions for me? So I asked him my questions. I continued to conduct the interview because I was conducting it at this point. But I continued the conversation as I would normally and didn't say anything. And then I asked something about like the technologies. Maybe I could start learning them now because I that's a great question to ask. And he launches into the whole thing again about, well, we want somebody who's like quick to learn. And, you know, I only said that because of this, this, and this. He launches into it again for another 10 minutes. And I said something at the time because I'm like, I am not continuing with this company. What a shame because it could have been cool. But the guy that they have elected to represent this company is, quite frankly, an ass. And so I said, you know, if you had let me continue, you would have learned that I can pick up any skill or job very quickly. And I'm actually a very confident person, but you didn't let me get there. And he was like, well, and I'm like, I am so flabbergasted by this interview. It really took me by surprise that anyone would act that way in a first meeting. He thought he knew so much better than me. I don't think he recognized that I've been a recruiter for two years and I could do his job better than him. He really thought he was on his high horse. So I tried to get off that call as soon as possible. And the irony was he like was like, I'm going to send you the cognitive assessment test for the next round. And I'm like, you really have no clue. So I say all of this, this is fresh. This is a fresh one because it happened yesterday. And I wanted to share this because holy cow, are people making such large leaps and assumptions about people in these interviews, in dating. And it's all based on what we think people are like, but like it's based on our previous experiences and it has nothing to do with that other person. I'm guilty of this. I have made assumptions about people in the past and they've often to turn out to be not true. And I wanted to share this in the context of pole dancing too. I don't share on the dating apps that I do that because there's such a large leap into the future about or a, a large leap in assumption about me being some, like a stripper, which is not the case and nothing against people who do that. 
But pole dancing is like, there are so many different versions of pole dancing. And it's so funny to watch people absolutely lose their minds because they've made such an assumption about who I am without taking the time to get to know me. And I understand it. It's how we operate. It's how a lot of us just kind of live. It's a way of us leaning into a confirmation bias because we never want to be wrong. And we want that assumption to always be right. But it has really opened my eyes, that interview and this pole dancing experience to just try to not make assumptions about people because it could be so far off from the actual truth. We write people off so quickly and I wonder if it's because we have so many more, so many more options than we ever did before, especially when it comes to dating. I wonder if we're writing people off so quickly or if we're making such quick assumptions because everything in our lives has become so much quicker, especially like with our phones, with the internet, like our attention spans are so much like shorter. We need something to fulfill us quicker and I don't think it's healthy (laughs) because we are not taking the time to get to know. I am guilty of this. I want to say that I am so guilty of making assumptions about people and just writing them off, especially when it comes to dating. And it's like a protection mechanism. But I want to get a little bit better at taking the time to get to know people before I write them off and always leaning into my gut my intuition. And if my gut and my intuition is saying, you don't need to spend any more time here leaning into that as well. And let let me just say, my gut and my intuition says that this job is not for me. (laughs) But wow, I was so the irony was that this company was I fully don't really understand what they do. And it was really hard to understand what they do from their website, which is a huge red flag, obviously. But it's something about like making the workspace more diverse and inclusive and healthier. And I'm like, the irony of that. I'm fascinated by companies that elect people to do their first line of interaction with outside candidates who do not live by the standards that they preach. And they wonder why no one wants to work for these companies anymore. It's crazy to me that these companies think that like it's such an honor and privilege to be in their presence and that they are in control of everything and how this entire interview process is going to go. But like, And that you are so honored to be there and you'll take whatever you can get. But like, it is a two-way street. You are also interviewing them. You are also seeing whether you want to go work for them. And you also have just as much, if not more, power as a candidate. Isn't it crazy that people don't want to work for corporate America anymore? And that the system, I personally think the system is showing signs of crumbling, if not already. It opened my eyes. I'm so curious. I don't know if anybody else is on the job hunt right now. I'm so curious if you have any experiences like this. I 
would really love to meet a company that lives by the standards that they talk about, that the interview process goes smoothly. We're waiting for the day. I think that's what I deserve in this process is a little respect and a little bit of time to get to know me, even if it's not more than 30 minutes. I'm like, I spoke so confidently about my experience leading up to that point. He didn't listen to any of that, it seemed like. And we see what we want to see, right? I do think that there's a little segue here into something that I was debating on talking about, but I didn't even really want to touch it at all because of, uh, it's just not something. I'm going to talk about it in a removed way, but, and, and that doesn't mean that I don't care about it. And I don't want you to make any assumptions about what I think about it. But I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the war right now. I know that like it's been going on for a little bit. And I obviously don't, you know this about me. I don't share that type of stuff, my beliefs about that stuff. But I do have, you know, my personal beliefs, which I won't share. But I do want to talk about the social media aspects of it. Because... It is making everything a million times worse, what's happening on social media. You know that tech policy, social media, censorship, content moderation is so important to me. And it's been really just, it's saddened me to see what's happening on social media during this time. I want everybody to be very aware of what they're consuming online because we have very little scientific evidence of what seeing graphic, violent, um, disturbing things does to our brain in the long term, because we haven't had the internet for that long. And that is why I am so passionate about trust and safety and content moderation is the mental effects it has on the people who do the work. And that's what this whole business was founded upon. Right now, especially, there's so much graphic and violent content that's being spread online because it's newsworthy that people, like the masses, are consuming it and not just the people who are doing the moderating. And because that content evokes so much more emotion than a simple piece of content that you might scroll by, that content's going to be more likely to be amplified and more people are going to see it. And the more that we are collectively consuming this disturbing content, I think is going to really have detrimental effects to our humanity in the long run. So I want everybody to be very conscious about what they're consuming online because there are things that you can't unsee and that can be very damaging. And I do think that there is a way to talk about these things and to recognize what's truly going on without having to subject yourself to that. And I think there's a way to get involved and to make a difference and to do all those things that you want to do without having, and to recognize that it's bad without subjecting yourself to the extremely graphic content online. That's just my opinion. And I think that social media has perpetuated the hate towards other people online, which is exactly what they all want. They want us to be divided. They Because of 
our religion, our beliefs, what we look like. They want us to be divided. And that's why all of this has been happening. And social media has only perpetuated that cycle. And I think we get so caught up in who's right and who's wrong and what side we should be taking. What's so great about the internet and America is that we have an opportunity to express ourselves and we have an opportunity to express our beliefs. Like the social media aspect and the death threats that people are experiencing because they've posted what they believe or like who they are or their religion or their people and supporting their people across the world. The death threats that people get because of that is crazy to me. We're only perpetuating the cycle of hate the more that we post on social media and engage in those conversations, which is why I really try to stay out of it because we don't need more people hating each other because of the way that we look or what our beliefs are. I don't know. Is that a controversial take? Let me know. (laughs) I just like, ah, gosh, they, they want this divide. And and the additional statement of like silence is violence, like we can't have that either. We can't say that be- because people are being silent online that they are violent people. That is not the case. Social media has just exacerbated all of this. They want this divide be- between us because of our identities or not posting on social media. Like everything is rooted in hating each other. And to continue that cycle because of our religious beliefs, our skin color, our political ideologies, that's what they want us to be, is more divided online and in our communities. Because a divided community is way easier to control from the top down. I want us to be very cognizant of this also as we go into another election because there's so much like misinformation and like the people who are deciding what information is and what misinformation is like, I don't know how do we believe what we are seeing? So I want everybody to be very aware of this going into another election, because I think like we're so quick to hate each other because it's like not what we believe. We're so quick to not listen to the other person We're so quick to make assumptions about the other person. I'm guilty of this too. Like if we learn that somebody is religious, like our immediate um, assumption about them is like, if they're Christian, maybe they're conservative, you know, like that's a very quick assumption that we make. And I think social media has really kind of perpetuated that cycle. So just some, I've just been ruminating on that in so many ways and dating in the internet, in this war that's going on. So I'm, I'm curious to hear if you have any thoughts on that. If that was a controversial take. <laughs> and I hope that this was at least a fun listen, at least an interesting listen. I love you all. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Go check out Skillshare in the link in my description. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at the Lisa Battaglia. The links will be in the description below. And I hope you feel so elevated and I will see you next time.